0: Hello everyone, I'm Paris Fox and I'd like to welcome you to 12 o'clock high a podcast on business leadership with Tom Fox hosted by Richard Lummis Hello and welcome to another episode of 12 o'clock high a podcast about leadership This is Richard Lummis and I'm here with Tom Fox for another discussion on how to improve our leadership skills We believe leadership is a skill which can be improved with study of good and bad practices we try to draw interesting examples from many sources, including history, fiction, film, and business writing. Welcome back,
1: Tom. Thank you, Richard.
0: Today we're going to continue our annual review of movies that have won the Academy Award for Best Picture with 1973's The Sting, starring Paul Newman and Robert Redford, supported by Robert Shaw, Charles Derning, Dur- and Robert Earl Jones as the Robert Earl Jones uh, on the credits. It managed to beat out The Exorcist and American Graffiti for Best Picture. Other notable films of the year were The Paper Chase and Paper Moon. Marvin Hamlish won for the adapted score, featuring mainly the music of Scott Joplin. The movie's a lot of fun, and the plot's really too complicated to summarize, but basically it features Newman and Redford as con men, setting up an elaborate con of a mobster in 1936 Chicago. I don't think I'd seen it since it was in the theaters, but this is really a fun movie what do you think Tom?
1: You know it is and there's a couple of things I would like to talk about the production uh first before we get into uh I think our utter joy at this film and uh why what lessons you might be able to draw from this from a business leadership perspective. The first thing I noticed was uh the overall visual impact of the uh the film, and that was in large part due to two Oscar winning performances, one by a costume designer who I was stunned to find was Edith Head. <laughs> Edith Head had been around from the '40s. She was a well-known costume designer. I had always thought of her as a costume designer for mainly period pieces, but then I did some research into her, and it's much broader than that. Sort of the uh, the classic '50s stylized look uh, she had developed. That uh, you name the '50s uh, star, and she dressed her. Uh, and she actually uh, was uh, the costume designer and won an Oscar. And what she did was try to have very bold monotones, uh, browns, maroons, uh, dark blues, a few light blues, uh, to set people off, but they were very bold monotones. And it reminded me of, um, in many ways, I found the original Star Trek to be more visual appealing than any of the other series, largely because the boldness of the colors, the reason the original Star Trek colors were so bold was it was the early days of color TV, and they had to light it up so they could get the resolution for the cameras. So uh, it looks much more colorful, particularly now in in, uh, Blu-ray or other enhanced versions as opposed to uh, The Next Generation or any of the other uh, series which followed. But the costume design, uh, I think, were one of the things that really made the movie for me. Second was the uh, art direction and set direction. There were two individuals who won for... Uh, Academy Awards for that and, and once again the art direction was just stunning the set direction if that wasn't a 30's backlot of, a, of, a, of a, what I think of as a movie studio's 30's backlot uh, I don't know what, if one exists but it was just uh, everything that I would think of around a depression, uh, uh, depression era Chicago or other large uh, metropolitan or urban area uh, and you noted the music um, the uh, uh, Scott Joplin Ragtime Although we probably were aware of some of Scott Joplin's songs as young children, uh, Ragtime was really not seen as as having a major influence uh, at that point in time. And Marvin Hamlish, to his eternal credit, brought that back for that movie, and it added a completely unique, at that time, sound, and one that probably resonates in our heads today. If we hear Scott Joplin, we're probably going to think of The Sting. And uh, so those three things, I thought, production-wise, really helped make uh, the movie. Uh, And here's the fun fact I have for you. Uh, The script was discovered in a, quote, slush pile, end quote, of scripts at an agent's office by Rob Cohen. You may or may not recognize that name because Rob Cohen was a Fast and Furious director. But in 1968, he was an intern reader for some agent, and he found this script, and he wrote a glowing review of the script and said this would be an Oscar-winning film. And that's how this uh, script got to the attention of the agent who got to the attention of the uh, uh, producers. So uh, showing that it's not just Betty Grable and her legs that are <laughs> discovered in Hollywood. Sometimes it's a script. So I found that really interesting. It is. Uh, once again, um, as... Um, Our prior movie in How Green Was My Valley, I'm not sure there are direct business leadership lessons. There's certainly some leadership styles that we can talk about uh, in this movie, Um, but um, in terms of leadership lessons, uh, because of the nefarious nature of basically all of (laughs) the characters, uh, unless you took perhaps the opposite of it, culture-wise, I'm not sure that there are things that we can uh, emulate, but there were some things that i thought really uh, should have made robert shaw the robert uh, robert shaw the um, the gangster character doyle lonigan in just a fabulous role on uh, the limp i found out was uh, he actually had uh, torn his ligaments in his knee playing racquetball uh, while preparing for the film, and he didn't want to have surgery and lose the role, so he limped through the film. That's why he the limp. That's
0: interesting. I wondered what.
1: what yeah, that was about. I thought he was just doing that actor thing. Yeah, um, you could probably tell by our voices in this. We, this is just a movie about her joy, but um, the card game. Uh, so, in uh, the card game occurs on a train from New York to Chicago. Uh, Paul Newman gets himself invited to the card game, and he has done a great amount of research uh, on Lonigan and discovered that Lonegan cheats. He likes to uh, deal in uh, uh, decks with uh, threes and fours uh, to give uh, a player the impression that he's got three threes or three fours or perhaps even four of each, and then Lonigan comes above him with sevens and eights. So... um, Paul Newman, uh, being a better card shark, uh, actually deals over that and deals himself. I think uh, queens, jacks, jacks. And, uh, he
0: doesn't deal them; he swaps them out switched. because the dealer has to apologize to Lonigan. I know I dealt him the
1: threes. <laughs> <laughs> Swapped them out, and uh, so that should have been the first uh, sign to Lonigan that uh, when he got cheated at the card game. Of course, as a as a crime boss, he wants to uh, put a hole in his head before the next tunnel, uh, but uh, he doesn't. Uh the second red flag. Uh, Paul Newman uh, uh, sends Robert Redford uh, uh, playing uh, Kelly to uh, pick up the winnings and he re- reveals his scheme to take over Paul Newman's operations to Lonegan. Um Lonegan, it seemed to me, um, and he also Kelly also revealed uh, um, Robert Redford also says they were from the same uh, uh, area of New York, Hell's Kitchen. And uh, that seemed to make a difference to Lonegan. At any rate, I thought Lonegan really fell for that bait as much as any of the bait he was given throughout the movie. And he really saw um, saw a lot of himself in young, the young Kelly character. Um, the
0: Well, no, as with any good con, yeah. the movie is so fast-paced that you don't notice the plot holes until it's too late.
1: The... Um, the next uh, red flag was the, uh, the setup in the drugstore
0: mm-hmm.
1: where, and in this part of the story, uh, the Kelly character was allegedly getting an insider tip or actually a post, a past posting tip from his Western Union contact uh, via phone call at the drugstore. And uh drugstore is a well-known truck from Hollywood in the 30s, so I found it, and they had the fountain and everything, so I can, you know, in the glass and the glass-enclosed phone booth and, and really everything you'd want, and um, uh, Lonegan falls, falls for that as well, uh, and he goes and places a bet, and then he wins, or he's uh, actually... Uh, They do what's called a shutout, which uh,
0: two of the (laughs) grifters
1: jump in front of him so that he can't get the bet down because they couldn't pay out. They didn't have enough cash. Uh, So um, um, that should have been yet another red flag. Now we get to the due diligence. (laughs) What is due diligence? Well, is due diligence going to one of the things in the anti-corruption world we call due diligence? is actually going to a customer's location to see if they have a real uh, office if it's not you know is it a mailbox is it uh, an office that really doesn't appear to uh, uh, have the kind of ongoing business uh, that they say they have when they want to do business with you and your organization but this is Western Union so uh, the um, kid twist character um, uh, takes over the office and um, uh, Logan is able to uh, uh, Kelly brings him into a side door. Uh, They visit quickly, and uh, this is enough for the due diligence uh, to satisfy Lonigan. But it was a brilliant part of the scam, showing once again that uh, trust but verify. Uh, Ronald Reagan was right, and uh, you have to do a little bit more than seeing something with your eyes. And then the final uh, part, I would have to say, was not necessarily the scam, but the ineptitude of Lonigan, And that was the bet. Mm-hmm. which the instructions were place it on I can't remember the horse's name uh, now if you've ever put a bet down in a horse race you know there's win, show, and place um, or win, place, and show I should say and the bet was uh, Lonegan put it all down uh, to win and when he realized uh, um, or was told that the bet was placed he uh, realized something wasn't right he yet was yet to realize he'd been scammed but if you get instructions, uh, that's why pilots, or I should say submariners, repeat instructions so that there's no, <laughs> there's no um, misunderstanding. And if you don't understand or they've been given to you too quickly, ask for the instructions to be repeated. And if it says place the bet, uh, then you should clarify. Do you mean place it on or do you mean put it to win? Yeah. So um, those were some of the, the, the red flags that I saw throughout this. But I'm with you. This movie was just a ton of fun. I remember seeing it um, when it came out. I remember the first time it was on television and the, uh, the that glorious soundtrack played. And it, it's still just as much fun.
0: Yeah. Well, the um, you mentioned the set design. One of the things that struck me was how beautiful the painted backdrops were. They're obviously painted in uh, uh, an homage to the 1930s movies, as well as the time that the uh, the film was set in. But I thought that was interesting. The uh, Edith Head, of course, was the inspiration for the character of Edna Mode in The Incredibles, which indicates that she's still influential uh, in Hollywood. Uh, one of the things about the music is it was ragtime, which is from the 1890s, and the jazz age, of course, was the 20s, and we shifted into the big band era by the 30s. So I think that was actually a signal that it was anachronistic. Just like the, uh, the Gondorf character played by Newman was really um, over the hill, lost. He was an, an anachronism in the modern world. And the con they chose to use was called The Wire. And they said that it was so outdated nobody would remember it. So uh, I thought that was one of the more subtle uh, things in the movie. One of the other things I got from it was the importance of uh, accurate technical language. The con men have their own language, and with just a couple of words they could immediately uh, summarize an entire con, and everybody knew what they were talking about. Um, so I think that's, that's something that's important. I think you, you touched on Lonegan's uh, importance of reputation. Since that if it gets out that he got taken in a con, then it's going to be viewed as weakness and he's going to be replaced slash killed. Um, criminal syndicates do have very low pension liabilities. Um, but um, So that, that was one of the lessons. The other, the other one was the relationship between Redford's Johnny Hooker and uh, the Gondorf character. Redford is clearly the junior partner, um, but he hides information from Gondorf and he's nearly killed for his trouble. So it's, it is very important to share all information, including negative information, like there are hitmen chasing you, uh, with your partner. And it also showed up that there's really no substitute for experience. Uh, the hooker character has all the raw talent in the world. Robert Earl Jones says he's the best he's ever seen, but he's totally undisciplined. And so he's always going to be a small-timer. You need the experience and the discipline of the Gondorf character. Um, Finally, I thought there was the use of informal networks. Um, You've you've often talked about this, but they're able to put together this elaborate con with lots of other people brought in, um, basically through an informal network
1: of of past associates. 48 hours,
0: it looks like. I thought, yes, it was a wonderful movie, uh, highly recommended.
1: So, uh, yes, and I I would just double the recommendation. If you haven't seen it in a while, and and heaven forbid you've never seen it, uh, please go watch it. It's a ton of fun, and uh, Newman and Redford really, uh, if you saw uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, you know they have a great rapport, and they continued it in this movie. I'm sorry they weren't ever able to make any others together, but uh, this was a worthy successor to uh, Butch Cassidy.
0: Well, that's a good summary. So for now, this is Richard Lemmis and Tom Fox from 12 O'Clock High, and we'll see you next time. This is Paris Fox again. We hope you enjoyed this episode of 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership with Tom Fox. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and rate the podcast. Thank you for listening.